0: Hey, everybody, we're back, episode three of Obsession Sessions, and uh, we lied a little bit because we said we weren't going to do Dead. another true crime thing, uh, but, here we are. but here we are. Here we are. Here yeah. we are. We got uh, taken with The Nation and The People versus O.J. Simpson. Uh, I'm Layla. I'm a media critic and producer, and with me is...
1: I, I'm Dipty, and I am a lawyer, and... Um, Relevant to this, I used to be a prosecutor. So yes. I loved this show. Oh my God. What so a great much. miniseries this was. Okay. For a myriad of
0: reasons. Ugh. One, it kind of brought me back to that time. I thought everyone acted really well. Uh, I had some like scruples about um, uh, what's his face's interpretation of OJ, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s interpretation of OJ, only because he kind of made OJ seem. Uh, It seemed like everybody else on the show was all like, oh, my God. OJ is like the dude that guys want to be and the guy that all the girls want to be with. And I feel like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s portrayal of OJ Simpson was very like dopey. And it's not to say that he probably wasn't a little dopey. But if he's like this suave, charismatic guy and for like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s portrayal of it is just like. I'm OJ, I'm always crying about, like, I don't know what anything is at all, you know? I don't know, I just thought it was weird. It's like, oh, is that the kind of guy people want to be with?
1: I don't know. I'm torn on how I feel about Cuba Gooding Jr., um, his portrayal. Like, I, I wondered, I'm like, first of all, did OJ have a raspy voice, or is that Cuba Gooding Jr.? Is that just how Cuba sounds?
0: I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, O.J.'s been out of the zeitgeist for so long. I mean, as far as I'm right. concerned, right? Like, oh, uh, to, to be yeah. perfectly honest with you, like, O.J. may as well be dead. <laughs> like, I mean, he's just yeah. like, it's just this moment in time that's very historical. Um, Yeah, it's just like this, it's this moment in time that's, like, super historical. And because he just, you know, I, I feel like all of the surrounding players in the O.J. deck of cards are still active, but the OJ hand is not. And also, there's, you know, a bunch of people that died, right?
1: Right. Do you know that OJ, this is how out of the zeitgeist OJ has been, is that he's in prison, and a lot of people don't even know.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, Dip, that's a great point, because honestly, I forgot. um, I did too. I totally forgot until I was talking to my parents, and I was like, oh, I'm obsessed with watching people versus... You know people versus OJ and then I was you know and then my dad was like oh yeah that dude is like in jail now and I was like what are you talking about he didn't go to jail he was like he was presumed innocent he was released and my dad was like no you don't remember he was like stealing his own stuff and I was like oh shit like I I had totally forgotten totally forgot
1: yeah people we don't even make jokes about OJ anymore like there's for a while I mean there was definitely like OJ yeah, jokes of course and now there's not I even I mean
0: literally 100% of all of those OJ jokes came out of the mouth of Norm Macdonald when he was hosting Weekend Update on <laughs> right. Saturday Night Live.
1: I tried to see some old clips of that but I couldn't access it or there was too much to choose from and I didn't want to sit through right. it all. But but um yeah there's I I think that in Today's day and age, there's actually like too much nostalgia stuff going on to the point, like every day it's a twentieth anniversary, oh my God, right? Like a movie. Fuller
0: House, like something is coming yeah. up. Or, yeah,
1: like we cannot live in two thousand sixteen for some freaking reason right now. But um, everything has to be about nineteen ninety six or two thousand six or whatever nineteen ninety one. So I. I get, I'm like so not surprised that we're doing an OJ story now. Sure. It's like, how have we not yet? Because yeah. all we talk about is nostalgia. Right.
0: But Dip, you know what? Like, it's not just nostalgia. And this is probably, I think, where you might have been going. And I'm sorry I interrupted you. But it's not just the nostalgia thing, right? It's just like the the thing about the the thing that to me was so triggering about the People versus OJ is that the very thing that sparked all of the of like what resulted of the OJ trial is kind of stuff that we're dealing with now in terms of like yeah you know potential police brutality and 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 just you know like
1: yeah it's all it's over. all it's that stuff constant. right and so especially in the past i mean it hasn't ever stopped but like especially in the past year right. or two there's been like really a lot of attention yes, nationally yes yes to yes which i think is right? what
0: to me was kind of like oh right like Shit. We, I mean, not that we, not that it's that I have forgotten that we've been dealing with this, but it's sort of like it's interesting to see, like in the series when, uh, and like this is in the very, uh, in the finale when Cochran is talking to Darden and Darden's like, you're not changing anything. Like nothing is being changed as a result of OJ being acquitted. Right.
1: Right. That was one of the greatest, uh, lines or, Dialogues Conversations Whatever you call it in the whole series For me Is when he was like No you just helped A rich black man In Brentwood Like that's that's all all you did did. You didn't change Shit Johnny Cochran And Um That was It was just such A great point Yeah
0: I mean it was great And it's also like
1: Super sad I don't know Yeah I know It's I mean That's Yeah it's very Poignant Even though we are Just a nostalgia Obsessed culture These days Um on the note of police brutality and racism and all of that, it is timely to talk about this and um yeah i I absolutely i loved this show so much lela like i'm like in one of these modes where I want to read everything I want to read that and book watch a
0: million interviews. yeah I want to read that book, and I i'm wanna not read that a book. big booker like i'm not I try really hard to read books this isn't I I'm not a big book. <laughs> you mean yeah? Not a big, well, no. I mean, I I would want to say that I'm not a big reader, but that's not true because I read a lot of stuff on the right. internet. Just not. But I just don't read right. books. You know. Okay. Um, I read magazines. I read articles. Right. But just like an actual book is very hard for me to like complete. That's so funny. Um. And I and I hate myself for it. But I am very um. Yeah, I really want to read this book. I really want to read this book.
1: I do too. You know, um, I was listening to Jeffrey Toobin has a podcast about this. Um, it's called Toobin Talking or something Cute. like that. And I listened to every episode, of course. And it was just this guy from CNN um, who just interviews him after each episode. And uh, he did mention that he like um, updated the book after the civil trial. And they asked him if he would update it again. And he was like, I don't think so, but he's super <laughs> psyched. It's back on the bestseller yeah. list, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm totally stoked about that." Yeah, I, I just I'm so obsessed with it. Right? Lilo. Yeah, it's like, interesting. So my my thoughts going into the show were: first of all, this is how I watched it. Um, I meant to watch it from the beginning weekly, but I just did it for whatever reason. So I binged it in two days, and I couldn't get enough of it yeah like i after every single episode i'd watch i'd quickly go to the vulture website and look to see what they said the show got right and didn't the fact right checking. yeah because yeah, yeah. i was obsessed about knowing what may have happened and what may not have happened because after each episode you're just like you cannot believe this was going on and i realized uh didn't know a lot Yeah about this trial. I, mean, I didn't even know Me Darden. too I don't remember him Oh no him. I
0: remember Darden really well I think a lot of The big ticket items uh, Of which I was Not aware of uh, Was uh, The staging Of OJ's house To make OJ yeah. seem like More uh, appealing
1: So smarmy uh, Yeah to
0: make him More appealing To uh, you know The jury And you know The other thing That I thought Was really surprising um, To for like To me personally Is that I remember the like the constant physical critiques that Marsha Clark. uh, Oh, yeah. Kind of had to go through. But I think now, I mean, I was like in high school when the OJ trial happened. So it was sort of like, oh, yeah, okay, You know, she's getting judged Mm -hmm. by her looks like that's a thing that happens. But now as like as a as a mid 30 year old woman that has a career, I'm like, oh, you know what? Like. It just yeah. didn't – it, like, really hit me um, that it's yeah. like, yeah, that's right. Like, you could be doing, uh, you know, one of the most uh, scrutinized trials in the nation and you're still going to get shit about how you showed up with a new yeah. haircut, It, you know, in court. Yeah. And not only that, but that she's also dealing with, like, her own, like, personal stuff of, like, uh, trying yeah. to get her kids back. That I didn't know about – at all, and I'm just like, oh God, sisters! No, I didn't sisters are like doing it for themselves, and also suffering all the way as they like get to their goal. I mean, oh uh, yeah, Marsha Clark became like my hero a little bit.
1: Yeah, that Marsha, Marsha, Marsha episode was one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Just, um, it was so harrowing to watch. And you know, I was thinking a lot about my old job, of course, and um. How I would dress, you mm-hmm. know, when I would go to trial. I'm like, I I took a lot of time to straighten my hair. And uh, you really had to look your best, you know? I mean, uh, but it's not
0: to say that Marcia didn't look her best. But it's just like, right. oh, she's got curly hair. So, like, let's make a mention of right. that. It's like, oh, she got a haircut. You know, I mean, it's not like she but was showing up to court fun looking. But her
1: clothes.
0: Right. But I wonder if a lot of that is... I I mean, God, it's just gotta suck just because it's like, in addition to the fact that she's a female, she's also get, she's getting judged on her clothes specifically because this is like a Hollywood trial and she's not a Hollywood lawyer, right? You know,
1: like she truly was not asking to be in the spotlight. You're not asking per se to be in the spotlight if you are a prosecutor. You know, um, sure, you want to be in court and all that kind of stuff, but you're not asking to be on court TV, right? And and so it's you can't say well you kind of signed up for I mean Johnny Cochran wants to be on television and he asked for right all and like that, Robert you know Shapiro I mean? had
0: been you know I mean Robert Shapiro had been trying like these high profile people right. like
1: stupid cases but they were high profile clients well not always stupid so, cases
0: because Shapiro did some like pretty like hefty things just they just happened to did be he? stars I thought he
1: did like I thought that. He did a lot of more lower-level crimes for big stars.
0: I could, I be think, wrong, yeah. I, I mean, I'm actually gonna look it up now because I feel like he did some like pretty. I think he's done. He probably other... had
1: some like pretty big. Yeah. So you know, okay. So going into the first episode, I, I can't say I went in carte blanche. We all, oh, know aside from what the fact that sorry, stuff, I have but... to
0: interrupt you because this, this is one thing that I think is really interesting, but, um. 'Cause we do a podcast and they do a lot of podcast advertising, but um Robert Shapiro also helped co found LegalZoom. Yeah. Oh really?
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they do. Hey LegalZoom, you can sponsor us if you want. Yeah. Uh um, I did not know yeah. that.
0: I didn't I mean I forgot about it. I just I just happened to be like flipping through his uh his who's he, what's it bio. Yeah. But he also okay, so for example, like he did the Phil Spector case. Oh, you know, okay. I mean, and that was like a big deal, right? Because there was like that whole, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that he also did something with, like, I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry, dip. Go on, go on.
1: <laughs> so, okay, um, going into the first episode, I honestly, the only person I knew who was in the show was, and I'm rolling my eyes at myself. I only knew that David Schwimmer was in it. I must have known Cuba good. You didn't Jr. know that John
0: Travolta OJ. was in it and that he was going to be playing no. a fabulous version of Robert Shapiro.
1: I mean, so I had to, I had to YouTube some interviews with Bob Shapiro to be like, because in the first episode, I thought, is that really how Robert Shapiro talks, or is that just John Travolta acting? Like, I couldn't separate the two. I thought it was John a little Travolta bit. Travolta did both. a great yeah. job. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. It was Travolta
0: playing, it was Travolta being Travolta playing Robert Shapiro. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And it was great, Layla. I mean, even the way Robert Shapiro holds his head, like, you know how his head is like, would always be like pointing upwards, (laughs) sort of, like his neck would be out. Like, that is how he talks. And like, John Travolta was great. And... I know people are divided on David Schwimmer in this, but...
0: No, okay. I I, don't understand why people are divided. I think he did a really great job, like really portraying this guy who was so torn at the end that like... So torn.
1: I will say I did think David Schwimmer, just like John Travolta was John Travolta being John Travolta playing Shapiro. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. He was Ross playing Shapiro. To me, like, he definitely was Ross playing Robert Shapiro, but that was fine to me because it seemed to fit. Like, he did a good job, I thought, of showing his mental breakdown. Right, right,
0: right. And, and and like, going back to what we were talking about before, I think Robert Kardashian's sort of involvement in the case, um, you know, because I feel like I didn't really know about Robert Kardashian until the Kardashian- Girls became popular, and then it was like, oh, right, they're the daughters of this guy who was like peripherally involved in the OJ case. But yeah, just to like revisit the fact that like Robert Kardashian was part of this whole thing, and that he kind of like there were things that I didn't know that he like essentially kind of got roped in because he was just there to be OJ's friend. And then the next thing you
1: know, it's like, oh, you're also
0: a lawyer, like you'll be part of the lawyer team. And he's like, what? Yeah.
1: And he literally doesn't seem like he did anything. I mean, I'm sure that he did more than... No, actually, I mean, it does... The show
0: nothing. does kind of make it seem like Robert Kardashian is just kind of a long... I mean kind of a
1: long part of his entourage. Yeah, kind of a
0: long for the ride, but but not of his own volition, right? Like it's almost as if like he just got picked up on the side of the road and like tossed into this lawyer van and he's like, where are we going? Right. You know, but yeah, it's just like a lot. I thought a lot of David Schwimmer's scenes were kind of heartbreaking to me, mostly because like I just started thinking about it. I'm like, oh, poor Robert Shapiro. Like if the whole OJ thing wasn't enough to kill him, like his daughters (laughs) certainly were going to be.
1: Oh, God, I know. Well, I, I, I do want to go on the record saying I have never watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, proud or not proud of that, but, like, I literally have zero desire to watch that show. Yeah, I think and I've literally
0: seen, like, two episodes, so I, I'm i kind of in the same boat with you.
1: I have to tell you, though, this show made me sad that I don't watch it. I mean, I don't want to watch it, but I wish that I had watched it so that I would love, love, those tiny little scenes with the kardashian kids right and even the like scenes
0: with chris where he's just like talking to her and she's yeah,
1: that was selma blair yeah she did a great um, she looks i like honestly
0: jenner. would like I could if not i didn't it. know any better i would have not even realized that was selma blair yeah Straight
1: you know up. i i only noticed because i saw her name on the credits in one right episode. and you're like who's like, Who she? She, she like play? what chris jenner what
0: um, right, it's so yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, side note: Now that you brought up the Kardashians, um, the other thing that to me was like the other like twisty tie-in for me to get like super into um, people versus OJ. Aside from the fact that like obviously it was very entertaining and informative, um, is that on this particular season of the Beverly Hills Housewives, because you guys might know that I am a big Bravo head um <laughs> uh the kyle Kyle, who's one of the housewives one of her best friends is um oh god now i'm like totally blanking on her name uh but they're also like all peripherally involved like some of them are peripherally involved with the oj case oh they were friends
1: with nicole yeah it's
0: the it's the one that ended up writing the book that she like ends up
1: oh the one that connie Britton. The one that Connie Britton played.
0: Yes, that's right. But, who's, but whose name I can't remember right now.
1: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't remember her name. But I thought Connie Britton was great, too. Yeah. I mean, even the small roles in this were fantastic. Oh, but I mean, Leila, have you watched somebody piece together all the times that David Schwimmer says juice? <laughs> and it's oh, I want YouTube to see it. Thing? It is so awesome because <laughs> like, when I was watching it, I, I was like, is he really calling him juice? Like, and then he kept me like, juice, juice. It was, it was so <laughs> well, awful. there was also like awesome. all these
0: brief moments when, uh, I guess this was like right before the juice. cops come to take OJ to jail and he's back uh-huh. at the house and he's just like, just get me some juice. I'm like, oh God, did OJ also have this thing where he's like consistently drinking orange juice because it's like part of his like, thing like I'm OJ I drink OJ like they call me the juice I'm always drinking juice
1: he even calls him uncle juice to the kids and what I thought that was a super lame scene where he tells the kids about fame oh
0: yeah that was a little weird but the other
1: really he was so obsessed with himself that he had a life-size
0: statue of himself
1: of himself yeah like what what you know, um, someone Jeffrey just and, and I
0: think someone that statue was just recently in the news because somebody was it. I don't. Yeah, I think so. I feel like I read about it just recently, like where the, the life size statue ended up. Oh, you know who owns it, Dip? Fava Flay. What? Yeah, Flavor Flay Nuh-uh. is the current owner of the O.J. Simpson lifestyle life size <laughs> O.J. statue.
1: Okay. If if someone's gonna own it, it's gonna be fucking yeah. It's gonna be Flavor Flav. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Speaking of Flavor Flav, I really liked how they infused the contemporary music of the time into the show. Yes, one
0: hundred percent. They played
1: a lot of Public Enemy. They played. um, I mean, when they played another one, "Bites the Dust," when they were getting rid of all those jurors, that was a bit like okay, too obvious. You know what, though, I
0: really listen. That was. I loved that montage I, I did Like it wasn't Yeah It wasn't it like great. a Vince Gillian Kind of montage uh, If you guys watch Breaking Bad And or Better Call Saul Because that man knows How to make a fucking montage But oh, it was still a fun does. It was still a fun montage to me
1: Yeah And you know what was so great About that montage Is the the like winks That Marsha and Cochran Were giving each other Like yeah I got you Like I'm playing this game too It was just It was very fun mm-hmm. I really like that I mean that. is that like
0: Is that a thing I'm assuming that's got to be A thing that happens Like even in trials That you've been on I'm sure Where you kind of get into Like little baby pissing matches With the
1: Oh Yeah I mean it depends Like what your trial is and Of course I, I really mean it doesn't done, I'm like... not
0: saying like Specific to jury But I'm just saying like Like little one-upsmanship That kind of happens Yeah
1: I think I think that happens For sure Yeah I think that happens For sure yeah, but um, yeah. Going back to that, the chase, the second episode, I had no. Oh, th- another star, Theo. Oh right, I, mean, I did not know that Malcolm Jamal Warner was in yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He was such a welcome. He was such a welcome surprise yeah. for me.
1: And then Nathan Lane, just, it just goes <laughs> on and on and on. Okay, literally, Lane...
0: I would have never pegged Nathan Lane to play Effie Bailey. Ever, 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 and so whoever did that casting just seriously tickled me. Just tickled.
1: But you know what? Didn't Nathan Lane? Didn't he feel like he was Nathan Lane being Nathan Lane playing every day? Leave to you,
0: dip. Seriously, everybody on this show. Every, like, star-studded cast was kind yeah. of playing a version of themselves playing. It was almost as if it was, like, a... Com- I mean, listen, in the at the end of the day, like, People vs. O.J. was a really great, like, fun miniseries. Yeah. But the key word there is fun. Like, it was as if Hollywood decided to do a community theater rendition of The right. People vs. O.J. Simpson. Like and yeah. that's not to say and that's not to say that it was like shoddily done, but it just seemed right. No, it was like it was just campy enough to be like, yeah, like oh, not only is this interesting and it, and it doesn't it like trigger uh, talking points for me, but it's also campy enough yeah. to be like, but I'm also being entertained as fuck, you know?
1: Right, totally. And even Cuban Gooding Jr. was playing OJ through the lens of the fucking Jerry Maguire character. Sure. Like, he was that guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it
0: goes back to what I was saying earlier on, where I was a little bit confused that his version of OJ was so sort of like, oh, I don't know, sort of like a dumb little kid, a little bit. Yeah. And it was just weird to hear, like, I think the one thing that I thought was odd, and I'm just kind of repeating this, but the one thing I thought was odd about his portrayal is that, like, everyone... Meaning like all of the other uh, characters around him was like, oh, well, like OJ, like everyone loves OJ, like everyone loves him. All these women want to fuck him. All these guys want to be just like him. And then it's just like this guy, <laughs> this guy who's just sort of dopey, this, this, this dopey more right that it sort of made it, it, it sort of made it hard for me to believe that like people really had this like grandiose notion of him as a result.
1: I see what you're saying, because the thing is, O.J. was a charming man, apparently. Um, Well, did you hear about the ESPN documentary that's coming out this summer? Is it? okay?
0: so I I don't know. I just saw the other day that there's a just like a Discovery ID documentary. That's all that's coming out. I don't know if it's the same as this ESPN one. So tell me about the ESPN one. I don't
1: think it's it's called the I think it's called the making of O.J. I think that is where. We will be able to see, like, how was it that O.J. got to this point of being so, um, besides, obviously, his football skills. um, uh, Well, yeah, I
0: mean, also remember that, like, O.J. did, like, at this point, he had already done, like, all those Naked Gun movies. So he was even in, like, the comedy, like... I mean, I like, yeah, he was, I never knew, he was beloved. Yeah, exactly. Like, I never knew OJ because he was a football player. Like, I just knew him as the right. guy from the you
1: knew him from Hertz commercials. I knew him from
0: the Hertz commercials. I knew him from like the naked gun movies because I wasn't a sports yeah. person, but I
1: knew, right, that he was like funny in those naked gun
0: movies, right. you know?
1: And I think, I think that uh, the documentaries, supposed to do a few things one of them is i think you know to help explain to us how he got beloved which is not something that we learn from the people versus oj this american crime story right mm-hmm. um but another big thing that they're doing with it is even though oj was like uh not a voice for black people not that you have to be but like uh that wasn't his choice to be that person and all of that but they talk about oj in light of race starting in like 1960 and they're fitting OJ into the tapestry of what race relations were at various in various decades. So they're they're taking on this huge project. I think it's like maybe 8 hours long oh, wow. it's supposed to be, yeah. but it's weaving in it sounds like from what I've read, it's weaving OJ's life into history. So we can see where he comes. Like, even him just getting hired by Hertz is kind of analyzed because he, you know, they never put him... He was a black man, but they never put him... with other people were in the camera shot or whatever they'd all be white people so right. you're not really looking at him as like a black man and this yeah is yeah like yeah a thing in the 70s right so that's kind of what which what i I've think read, is yeah i mean sort that's of, sort
0: of interesting right that's that's that whole like yeah. whiteification or like the you know like oh this is a safe black man who like this right. is the one where you're like i don't see race you know um, right totally
1: but yeah so that's uh, interesting yeah and and um and you know some I'm kind of jumping around here. But. Oh, but
0: wait, Dip. So I just want to before you go into this next thing. Um, so the investigation discovery documentary because I'm, I'm there's going to uh-huh. be like so much stuff coming out as a result of like the this like newfound interest in this case. Yeah. Um, but investigation discovery is doing a documentary. Uh, that is supposed to ask the question what if OJ is in fact innocent and they're kind of going. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's a six episode doc. Um, and I think it's supposed to premiere sometime in 2017. Um, there's a, oh, there's like a Dal- I don't want to wait. I know too. you're going to have to wait a little bit. Cause this Dallas based uh, investigator, he's teaming up with some LAPD folk to kind of go through all of the evidence. Um, and they're claiming that they have found evidence that, allows them to kind of postulate that there may be a new suspect in the murders. Really? Yes.
1: This is, this
0: is the owl theory. This is the owl theory to the OJ case. If you listen to our episode about the staircase where they postulated later on that an Uh, owl killed uh, Mike Peterson's wife.
1: So they're, yeah, they're going to find the, they're going to find, yeah, it's like, it
0: wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't OJ. It was some other person. Oh, and Martin Sheen is, like, narrating, so I think that's really interesting. Oh, Mm -hmm. really?
1: I like that. Um, Do you know that Jeffrey Toobin said, I haven't been able to find more evidence of this online. I didn't look very hard, though. But Jeffrey Toobin said, and this is not shocking, of course, but um, that uh, Johnny Cochran and Robert Shapiro definitely knew OJ was guilty. Not that that makes them wrong for having defended him. I don't think anything along those, like, morality lines. But... I mean we we know that he killed them. Well, uh you don't you
0: don't entirely know cuz this uh discovery ID uh six yeah, part documentary might might uh make you sway the other way. Maybe they'll provide some uh, you know, some really heavy
1: details to the latter. Maybe. I don't know. I I just I can't imagine anyone else but him doing it, you know? Yeah, he's just such a horrible scumbag i don't know um uh that'll be very interesting all these documentaries yeah i
0: feel like there's gonna be a lot of stuff like i said coming out as a result of this um i want to talk really briefly about uh the jury because i think one of the things that this series did really well was to kind of shed a light on really how loistered the jury was, and not to say that that is a Ugh. big surprise. I mean, that's what happens in juries all the time in these major trials. But God, I mean, it just to the fact that like the jury, one of the jury members like ends up pretending to go crazy just so that she can
1: get yeah. off of the case. Um, it's just a juror said that didn't actually happen, but she said people were losing their, which
0: minds. I mean that there's no doubt. Like you you have like no access to your friends family television newspapers like you get selected what books you might be able to read I mean and it's not just that you're doing that for like a month like this is this went on for
1: months yeah it was the longest trial ever or something like that it was the long definitely the longest sequestration that ever happened in history right. for a jury because those don't that doesn't happen right. often, which is why like, juries aren't in the weird in time. the
0: weirdest way i it doesn't entirely surprise me although it totally surprises me like i can flop back and forth that in the end so i think the show says that the jury took four hours to deliberate right but but it was
1: too. I th- really but yeah. i had
0: read somewhere i think this was another one of those like vulture uh let's talk to Marsha clark, clark said yeah it. yeah uh, and, you know, Marsha Clark had mentioned that she's like, no, in fact, it was not four hours. It was, in fact, two hours is all they, yeah. which is, I mean, dip t- I mean, if you want to talk about that, like typically how long does a jury take to deliberate? I mean, it's like for a big case, because I feel like but I feel like two hours is incredibly surprising, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, it it was very, very, very surprising because and so you know i read this interview with um a juror and they were first of all it it did make me angry reading it because i'm like you let a fucking murderer go but anyways um she said one of the things that upsets her so much about the whole oj trial and her experience is that nobody thought that they deliberated she's like we did We came back and we voted and it was 10-2, not guilty to guilty. And the two people who said guilty wouldn't admit it out loud because they wrote down their votes. She's like, I'm pretty sure it was this one woman and this other person. But she said, I would have listened to arguments. They could have possibly persuaded me, but they didn't try. So she said every night, you know, because of the lack of reading material and everything and not being able to talk to anyone, she's like, you went over everything in your head a million times. So she said, it's not that we didn't think about any of this stuff, but at the end, we just had already decided because we had been thinking about it nonstop for months and months and months. And she went through some of the th- I mean, she to this day doesn't think OJ did it. Right. Which blows my mind, even after like, she's like, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't see because a lot of stuff happens outside of the presence of the jury, yeah. right? I
0: think one of the things that Marsha Clark mentioned in that uh, vulture article is that I think one of the things that the jury did ask to be like replayed was the testimony of the limo driver, right? And where I guess the limo driver had made some uh, accident, he had mistaken what he had seen the number of cars, the number of cars, and I guess Cochran was like, well, of course, I mean, if he if he can mess up the number of cars that were actually there, like what other things could he mess up? And I think that was right. one of the things where the jury was like, Yeah, we just want to listen to this thing again and
1: Yeah, that's when Marsha I think she said I knew that we lost. She's like, if that's what they're gonna focus on, then uh, Right, and not we're like done. the DNA evidence. Right. And I honestly I think they said it was like eight days of the DNA expert. Right. Layla, that is excruciating Oh, I'm sure that's I'm sure horrible
0: I mean, listen, just having gone through listening to episodes of Undisclosed, um, because we also do a podcast about Serial,
1: Serially Obsessed, Obsessed, a
0: little shout out to our other podcast. Um, I mean, just even listening to Undisclosed's very passionate research about cell phone towers. I mean, there's just so much scientific stuff that goes into these uh, trials that just... I can only imagine as a lay person being selected as one of 12 in a jury where you're just like your eyes just glaze over and you're just like I this is science that I don't understand and I am officially checked out so yeah I mean like if you're a lawyer that can like spin together a great catchphrase uh if the glove doesn't fit you must acquit or must acquit or if you spin some scenario where you're like oh well if the you know if the taxi cab driver mistook seeing two cars instead of one what other lies mm-hmm. and mistakes could he be telling those
1: are going to it was a smart strategy those are going to be
0: the things that i remember right like these key not the details but like these big chunklets and it just once again like goes to my point of being so afraid of the fact that in the end it's just 12 random people deciding your fate right
1: yeah And, and, you know, it's, and it's the lawyer's job to dumb that down, but also make sure all the proper evidence gets in for appeal purposes and just, you know, laying the proper foundation and stuff. It's just such a a tough position to be put in. And you could be talking to like a high school dropout. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, or not, you could also have a scientist on the jury, but it's like, how do you target both of those people? You know, with such like varying levels of intelligence. Yeah. It's
0: like the hardest version of being a high school teacher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to get through to all these kids. Right. And they're all at different And levels, they're all at different levels. You know? And
0: like some honestly don't give a shit. And then there's other ones who are like, I got to get into AP physics. I'm right. like, sta- yeah. I'm on my Stanford track. And just, yeah. Yeah.
1: God. Oh, it's just, I, it's really, it's, it's super hard. Um, All right, Leela, I need to talk about something that I'm ashamed of. Oh, I'm very
0: excited about what this could be.
1: It's a crush in the show.
0: ooh, Ooh, let's hear it. Oh, I I think I know exactly who you had a crush on.
1: Wait. This is just it's just a very not. Oh, not Kato. Not okay. I have a a little bit of a crush on Kato. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I had a crush on the guy who played Kato. Yes. But. I had a crush on the actor Stephen Pascal, and he played Furman. So I'm like, oh, my God. You know what? I was very upset with myself. I got to
0: go Ebony and Ivory with you on this one because I ended up getting a very big crush on uh, whoever played Darden on the show. Oh, you mm-hmm. did? Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see and that. And then there was like, oh, I didn't have guys. a crush on and then him. And then there was like but... that big moment where he almost like made out with Marsha Clark in Oakland. Yes. Oh, are they in Oakland? Yeah, oh. Wait, did you not remember that episode where he's like, oh, I'm going to yeah, go no, hang no, out totally. with my buddies in Oakland this weekend. And she's like, all right, I'll go up with I'll go up with you to Oakland. And I, was I like, can't
1: believe I O-town. didn't pay attention to the fact that it was Listen, Oakland. Listen, I
0: got very excited because it was a little Oakland shout out.
1: Of course. Shout, shout lives out in to the town. Yeah, that's know. right. That's right. And she's obsessed. I am. With Oakland, I am kind but.
0: of obsessed with this little town. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, I didn't have a crush on Darden, but I really I so found cute. him dear to my heart. And um, I really he was my Dean wish. Strang
0: on this show. He really was. Mm-hmm. Really? Hmm.
1: I didn't have those feelings towards him, but a lot of women did. Yeah. They definitely. I'm with. Did. I'm with
0: all of those. A lot of women tweet at us who did you have a crush on in the miniseries yeah. who
1: did you have a crush on who okay oh speaking of kato this is my biggest uh uh i'm gonna say the word misstep what i was most disappointed with in the show is that we didn't get kato Kalin comedic like side comedic relief because he was like the comedic side relief in the trial You know, it's like, who is this schmuck? Right. And why is he living with OJ Simpson? Like, it's just this out of work actor. And it was, he was like such a funny addition to the real OJ trial. Like, I remember even like my mom laughing about him and loving, like, everyone loved the Kato asides. And they didn't. I know that you have to pick and choose, but I really, I really wanted some Kato. Because you know what? I don't know. What role he played, because apparently this is all about the timeline um, in the actual trial. And the timeline was like a really big deal, which obviously isn't difficult to accept but, um, or to imagine. But we didn't even get into any of that controversy, because as you had said before, when we were talking ourselves, you thought the show was more about the lawyers. And it really was. So we didn't get into the meat of a lot, I don't think. But I am curious what role Cato did play in the, like, what did he say about Nicole and OJ and like, I mean, obviously he testified to a lot of that. And I'm so curious. And like, you know, the defense didn't put a defense on, which is
0: why I think that I wasn't necessarily like needing a, I, this series was entertaining enough for me that I did not require a comedic relief. Um, uh. I think yeah I thought that the show was I thought that the show was entertaining enough that I I think then it would have gotten like too campy and then I would have been completely disinterested. Mm. And also I don't know. I mean the very little bit I remember about Cato I'm sort of like, "Uh, eh, we don't need to shed any light on this guy anymore. Like, let's oh, let's, see, I wanted let's like light. put the limelight on the people who kind of uh, you know, the unsung heroes, which I think was really clark and darden in a lot of ways
1: right And um Cocker i mean well you know the show and for me- honestly
0: uh robert kardashian's little shock of white hair god
1: what yes yeah, so what good. fun that was <laughs> what
0: what fun it was to see that little he was like a little male rogue if you guys are
1: he into really X-Men looked like him he like i mean yes he's david schwimmer but it's like that's what was so funny about all the casting to me and what the high entertainment of the show was, is that it was like all these like big time A-list movie stars right. putting on a community theater of the OJ trial and them being their campy actor selves playing these people that existed in real yeah. life. Just that notion. It was entertaining. To but them. also like just
0: like even going back to like the very basics of it, like. I kind of want to see more dudes with little like patches of white, like just fun little white accent patches <laughs> in their
1: hair. Like, do you think Robert Kardashian did that on purpose? I figure. I, I that don't that, think. I don't think, think that it's that on, purpose. on purpose. I
0: think it's sort of like. Do you remember John Henson from uh, Talk Soup? No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um okay there's this there is this host of there was a host of talk soup after greg kinnear this is like very long time ago very 90s so it's very apropos um anyway john henson had like a little patch of like just a little patch of white hair it was just on the side of his head and i oh and yeah i do not think it was a dyed thing i think it was just a little shock of some white people yeah, Some that. people just have Some people just have little shocks of white hair. But I
1: I wish I had one, Layla. I know. I I Listen. Really can I
0: just tell you after seeing David Schwimmer's little shock of white hair, I was like, "You know what? I would I would rock that. I would I I would do a lady version of that and but try not to look like Rogue, you know? Like try and just do like a couple of little <laughs> Right. little uh glitter glitter patches, you know?
1: There was a kid in my high school who had that. That was nineties. Oh, like a pat, yeah, like a know. patch of white hair. I mean, we're talking about it being a nineties thing when I'm saying it's like. I mean, I don't think it's uh, a nineties it thing. I think it's a hereditary. Right? <laughs> it
0: is definitely a hereditary thing.
1: Oh, um, one other point that I want to make about Marsha Clark: Were you, were you like blown away that she had a random Jim Morrison poster in her office? Yes.
0: Oh my god okay one i am super glad you brought it up because the first time we go into her office i'm like what is that poster on the wall and then it finally yeah. like it the penny finally dropped and i was stunned that she would have that poster on her wall and i almost wonder did she really or was that just a weird prop choice? well
1: i'm about to, i'm about to tell you something I obviously went to her Wikipedia page as I had to go to many. Oh my God! Are you going to tell me about the
0: hardcore and metal show? That's like her yeah. profile it picture. Says,
1: yeah, her pro her her Wikipedia picture was taken at the New England Metal and Hardcore, and hardcore, hardcore festival. festival. Yeah. What? I, yeah. She's yeah. cool. Why? And okay. you know what? I want to know She's why she was better there. looking with age. Uh,
0: yeah, she has. She has. 100 percent
1: i feel bad i feel bad saying that she oh fine in listen especially too, like, given
0: the fact that earlier in this podcast we're like it sucks that you're a woman and you're constantly being judged by your looks. <laughs> but the truth is the woman right? looks better with straight hair this is not to say that we are anti-curls there are a lot of awesome ladies with no, curly I hair love, yeah uh but marcia looks nice with some straight hair you know it makes her look young But I do want to know, I do want to know, Dip, what she was doing at the New England Metal and Hardcore Festival. Like, was she there signing? She's
1: in her 60s. She likes that
0: music. But she's 62 now, and that picture was taken in 2011. So you got to do some math there. But she was still in her 50s.
1: Yeah, okay. People in their 50s, not a ton of them are going to the New England metal, hardcore and metal show. Right. She's... She's special. I don't know. I <laughs> Something is going
0: that. on. I want to know why she was there. Because now she writes mystery novels,
1: right? I think she was there because she just likes that music, Layla. Not she wasn't like signing books. Why do people want to? Okay, Marsha Clark, if you are listening to this, I want
0: to know what hardcore bands you're into because this little duck over here sitting in Oakland, California went through a very significant hardcore phase, and I just want to know if we share the same uh band loves that's all so that is a I mean
1: maybe she was just into like the the like the big ones, maybe she's not know? even like, into Black hardcore flag. maybe
0: she's just into metal like i you know or maybe vice you versa know, here's
1: the- i don't know here's the thing though the doors are not remotely of that genre.
0: Yeah, but that doesn't so, matter. I mean, I listened to the doors and I was going to hardcore shows all the time. So Marsha Clark, right. I get you. Except also now I hate the doors, so you know.
1: You hate the I doors. I do not
0: like that band, no. I think that what? that band it's like that it's band? like the doors <laughs> and Bob Marley to me have a very similar like shelf life where it's like OK, if you're still listening to this after college, then I am kind of judging you. And I'm and I'm sorry about that. Le- Leela, I try not to be judgmental about music, but I'm very ju- like if somebody has a Bob Marley poster on their wall, I'm immediately like, <laughs> OK, got to go. I got to go. I got to go.
1: I, I have to tell you something. So in college, I got way I you know this about the Doors like I was so psychotically obsessed with Jim Morrison and the Doors and this is pre-internet really so like I would go out and buy books I would buy his stupid poetry hmm. I watched the Oliver Stone movie five million times I made all my friends like the Doors and I was really obsessed i was also obsessed with bob marley oh my god we would
0: not have been friends in college i would have i would have judged you very harshly in college
1: i i, I would have been like what's your problem like
0: yeah i'm like, know, like why I the fuck are you listening you to three little birds you're a grown-ass woman you're a grown-ass <laughs> you're, ass woman wasn't. Now.
1: i was like 19 but
0: i mean at that point i feel like you're a grown-ass woman and you need to like stop listening to bob marley <laughs>
1: But, I, but like, I wasn't into Bob Marley before. I don't know. Anyways, whatever. The point is, I stopped listening to all of that pretty much after yep. college. Not for any reason, but you're right. Like, I don't... Because that
0: shit has a shelf life. That It has a it shelf life. It does have a shelf yeah, life. Yeah, it has a shelf but
1: life. But Jim Morrison will always hold a certain place in my heart based on my past obsession. So when I saw that poster in her office, my heart was warmed like she, that woman has an edge Leila do you know that i didn't realize until episode 6 that the vanity fair guy was the madman guy i didn't like put it together in my head
0: Dude, by the madman guy do you mean matthew wiener
1: no no the guy who plays um the old man oh died. spoiler oh, alert oh, madmen people oh you mean cooper Cooper. Yeah, Bert Cooper. Cooper. Um I did not realize that he was another person in the show that I'm yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> cast? Okay,
0: so you know what's funny is I am I immediately knew it was Bert Cooper. But um and this is sorry, not a major spoiler alert if you have not seen Mad Men, which is like stop listening to this podcast and go start watching Mad Men right now. Um Right. <laughs> because of that Fi- like one of those like final episode scenes. It's the penultimate episode actually, where Bert Cooper is doing that like singing in the rain number.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. that
0: uh that Don Draper is kind of having in his head. I can only right. see him in that frame of reference. Oh, really? Yeah, where <laughs> even in like people versus OJ I'm like he's gonna break out into song soon.
1: <laughs> well yeah he's no, gonna hop out right, like a ray of lines, sunshine. He was Burt Cooper playing a Vanity Fair guy to me on the show, too. I can't get Burt Cooper out of my head watching him act. And I don't mind it because I like that character. I know. I love Burt Cooper.
0: It's like I immediately need to take off my shoes
1: and like (laughs) bow.
0: Burt Cooper has like an Asian thing. You guys, that's the that's the joke.
1: Oh, is that it? That's why he made people take shoes off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he had those Japanese Japanese paintings and stuff in his. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think other, other thoughts that I had. Um, I seriously
0: cannot get off the Marsha Clark metal hardcore thing. It's still like in the back of my mind. I want to know what, what bands she's into.
1: I just think that she's, yeah, she was just like secretly really cool.
0: I mean, listen, I don't doubt that she's secretly really cool, regardless of whether she likes metal or hardcore. I mean, this is a woman who was battling for, child custody while simultaneously battling the trial of the century. Yeah. And dealing with like. And kept it private. And kept it private. And then also dealing with like the bullshit press. Like it all it kind of surprises me, although this might just be a thing that I was not aware of, uh, but it kind of surprises me that her child custody battles weren't also a thing that the press was gunning after. Right. During the trial. Um I'm surprised cuz yeah, I feel like, like if this trial right cuz I feel like if this trial happened today you know she'd be getting shit about like oh like and she's also trying to battle for custody but who knows why when like she's not even home to make her kids mac and cheese for dinner you know
1: right it would just be awful um can you okay so the press was really bad then can you imagine honestly like what it would be like now with the internet oh yeah
0: one i, I mean, think the whole like she jo-
1: escaped somehow. She,
0: I mean, I think that she did not get as scrutinized as she probably would have today. Um, yeah. but I think that also runs the gamut for all of the lawyers. Um, I bet you we probably yeah. would have gotten, um, and it's also like now we're like in the dawning. I mean, not that we didn't have the internet back then, but now the internet is so much more pervasive and all of our shit is online for the taking. That
1: Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has
0: an opinion, but also a lot of our history is, is there. And so I think, Yeah, you know, if this trial had taken place today, I think we would have gotten a lot more dirt dug up on a lot of the lawyers. Like, not just, right. not just the, the very quick Johnny Cochran thing where he was also accused of domestic abuse.
1: Domestic, yeah. Um, speaking of Johnny Cochran, uh, who was the guy who played him? What's his name? Is that Courtney Vance? Yes, Courtney B He's Vance. Phenomenal, and needs an Emmy. He was so so good. good, unbelievable. Although, like, I couldn't get the Johnny Cochran and Seinfeld out of my. Head. <laughs> Who told you to put the
0: bomb on? Did I tell you to put the bomb on? <laughs> yeah, i i i, I, I that happened that. that happened to me quite a bit as well.
1: He, like Johnny Cochran, was so 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 good. Yeah, um, that I. I I, I just I loved it Um, Some other things that uh, One thing that I noted was There was someone on the defense team There was a black woman We did not even hear her speak Until the ninth episode Like did she I'm sure she did a lot of stuff But they gave her literally zero role or maybe she didn't do anything. I don't know. I mean, maybe I she like... did,
0: but then, but there maybe wasn't a, a lot of information on her. I I thought that was interesting too. It was like her and her uh, other. I guess they were like legal assistants, or they were junior attorneys or something. Were? I I couldn't really uh. pinpoint what their purpose was, uh, but they were you know they were part of the Cochran entourage. So I presume that they were right. either, you know. Some sort of like junior lawyers or they were, um, oh God, what's the word for the lawyers who aren't lawyers? The- paralegal. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: That's the word. Good thing I'm
0: a lawyer. Well, I also knew, I love that you also understood you. lawyers who aren't lawyers. <laughs> You're like, oh, paralegals. Like, that's it. Thanks for translating my dumb speech.
1: Uh, oh, another person that I loved on the show was the guy who plays Alan Dershowitz. He's the guy who. Um, it took me a moment to recognize him, but he was in Californication. Oh, he was uh, Miranda's husband on Sex and the City. Not Miranda's. Sorry, Charlotte's
0: girl. You know I haven't seen an episode of Sex and the oh, City, God. which denies me my womanhood. But
1: yes, I've never, I've never, a I've never seen it. Woman, I'm not a
0: true woman.
1: <laughs> You're not.
0: I'm just playing. Um, one no, in but real the guy
1: life. who played Alan Dershowitz. I love that actor. And and I thought, God, another person. Like this cast was so phenomenal to me. I just loved watching this cast in action. They were so good. Oh, um, something that the show reminded me of was that we used to have shows like A Current Affair and Hard Copy.
0: Yes. Oh my God. Which honestly, it made me miss those shows a lot. Like, oh, yeah. I really miss so A Current sensationalist. Affair. Yeah. And I mean, and just, the truth of the matter is that like the, the sad reality to that is that A Current Affair and all of those shows ended up becoming our actual fucking news. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, I can I can bemoan the loss of A Current Affair, but then I can also just turn on any news network yeah. channel.
1: Well, you know what? Seeing that like A Current Affair and hard copy um, 90s kind of stuff like that. The nostalgia thing that I missed when I saw that was just the simpler time of not being so overwhelmed by information and even TV shows, really. Like, we had some cable. We didn't go to the internet for everything. We got our celebrity gossip from either Page Six or A Current Affair or Hard Copy. Like, there wasn't, like, five million websites for stuff. And... A million TV I mean even like the the so prologue of the shows. of
0: the series kind of goes to bat about how Chris Jenner and Cato and all of that sort of let you know open the door to your t m z s and your Perez Hiltons and your yeah. you know all of those sites um but yeah, I mean yeah. it's interesting because not very long ago, I was having a conversation about the o j trial this was before uh the series came out, uh-huh. And it really is interesting to note that the O.J. Simpson trial, I mean, there's been a lot of high-profile trials and court cases, but I think O.J. was the first one that everybody, I think, got into. Um, That was was our serial precursor, right? That everyone all of a sudden was like, oh, there's a court TV I can watch. And it's like, yeah, court TV has existed for a couple of years. And I think it kind of put that, it put the 20, it, put the concept of a 24 hour block of news right. on the map right uh, because you yeah you just it wanted did. to be tuned in the whole time you know
1: yeah it was um it's it's just weird to think how how much it culturally changed
0: absolutely stuff. yeah 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 it you definitely know? Like changed the OJ trial did. yeah it changed the and, landscape um, of a lot of things
1: I mean you know what I didn't remember happening was during the chase that it was the NBA Finals which is such a huge big deal. Mm-hmm. And and they actually cut out of it that that was that's one of the things that I was like, I love this show because I would never obviously remember that. And I never would have known about it. Such a small fact. But I was like, holy crap. That's how you knew this was like major. I mean, the thing
0: is, it's interesting because I remember I remember watching the car chase
1: me too. I remember um, exactly where. I yeah, was. I remember, you know, yeah, I remember people Yeah, I remember
0: being at home. My mom was like making dinner or something. But for whatever reason, I don't remember the and like that the NBA finals were going on. Probably because I'm again not a big sports person and probably because my mom was already watching the or we were probably both already watching the news.
1: See, I was super into the NBA during that time So it was the 90s and I'm from Chicago and it was the oh, Bulls. Oh, it was the ring. Bulls, uh-huh. So so I sh- I'm surprised that I don't remember that. I mean I don't think the Bulls were in that year's final, but I I was paying attention to the NBA a lot right. in the '80s and right. '90s. And anyways, um, I don't know. Just that factoid blew my mind for some reason. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is like such a this case brings so much awe and wonder to it. And I was like just so excited to watch the whole series after they showed that.
0: Yeah. Was, I I honestly and, did like yeah. the fact that they peppered in these little um yeah, that they peppered in these little these little nuggets of like, oh, this is this is a thing that of happened. The because the other thing that I forgot had happened um and I also thought was uh I mean kind of sad but also par for the course is upon OJ's return to his Brentwood estate that uh-huh. there were hordes of people kind of you know chanting him out of there um and then like even like little oh. nuggets about like the fact that he couldn't get a table at the riviera anymore
1: that i oh my god that yeah i just want to although the that puppy about scene that. that puppy
0: scene was very like i thought that was like very weird and i didn't know that puppy scene like was like was this necessary this puppy scene but okay
1: i, I to me i kind of felt like it was Basically like you have no friends, OJ. Like you're nobody likes you. This dog will because you'll feed it. Right. Like I, I don't know that's kind Although, of Although I mean there were a ton me. of
0: people at that party and who's to say you know if they didn't embellish that. But I'm I am willing to bet that there were. I and and I think Marsha Clark kind of mentions it a little bit in that vulture article or interview I should say um that there were still a lot of people that backed OJ even after the acquittal came down like high. There were a lot of what? There were still people that, you know, backed him, like supported. Oh, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: right. But did you get the notion that in that final episode, um, AC played by Malcolm Jamal Warner also was like, oh, OJ's guilty. What am I doing? Like he had this one look on his face at one point, And I'm like, right. Because oh, I think there's AC like a didn't... look
0: that he exchanges with Robert Kardashian where they're both like. Oh, this is great. See, because I also took it as like, does AC uh, interpret this as like, oh, this kind of feels weird. Like at the end of the day, two people died and now we're having a party. Like this seems right. This seems whether whether or not you were guilty or not, this seems grossly insensitive that right. You know, elsewhere, also like meanwhile, in another part of California, there are there are two parents that are mourning the loss of their son and also, your kids are mourning the loss of your wife, like of your ex wife. Ex-wife.
1: Yeah, like he obviously, yeah. He well, he's just a narcissist and hor- horrible person. That's not so shocking. Oh, Ronald Goldman's parents were from Illinois, by the way. Oh, that's um, the connect. You know that, um, but so not in California. Yeah, and I paid attention to that because I too am from Illinois. <laughs> but um, you know, I really uh like wrapping up in final thoughts. Yes, yes, um, final thoughts. Let's I think do a this. lot of people I think a lot of people feel this way or if you didn't know you feel this way, you actually do. The fact that everybody knows that he's acquitted and, and whatever really did leave room for you to breathe and just watch the story unfold. You know, it's kind of how I feel about Better Call Saul right now, even though we don't know exactly where this is going. Yeah. Where Saul is right now. Right. But we do kind of. And so it's like right now we're just watching a story unfold. We're not like waiting for something like we're not. We don't think he's going to die. We don't, you know, and it just kind of like frees up space in your mind to just watch. Yeah. And and absorb it and not. Try to be figuring out a mystery, or like, where is this going to go, and and that there's something so wonderful about it. And I think the thing that final episode, right?
0: And the thing that's to me so good about this series is that because you know that there's, you're kind of seeing the behind the scenes of a lot of stuff that you might not have been privy to, even if you did watch the case sun up to sundown, Right. right?
1: Right. So. Yeah, and it was and then of course again it was also just entertaining to see this star-studded cast do such a great job.
0: Yeah, again, like very lovely, super campy, just a lot of fun. Like in general, what a like what a fun series. I'm very excited about next season. Um are you? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle it next season. I don't know if you know this, but next season they are yeah. going to be dealing with Katrina, um which is not a murder. Uh, obviously, <laughs> but um, it'll just be interesting to see how they end up taking. I think they're going to be doing little spotlights on specific fictionalized like families and like how they dealt with the aftermath and the and the right. um, the hurricane itself. Well,
1: I hope that. I hope that it doesn't go like Serial Season 2, where I'm like, no, 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 no. Or True Detective Season 2. Listen,
0: listen, listen. We're not going to jinx it. We're not going to jinx it. We're not going to jinx it. We're just going to hope for the best. We're going to hope for the best, and we'll see what happens. Um, Guys, always a pleasure. Um, Thanks for joining us again. People versus OJ Simpson. If you haven't seen it and you just got spoiled, um, it's not really a spoiler because you knew what happened. OJ's in jail, uh, but not because he murdered. Nicole Brown or Ron Goldman Uh, he's in jail because he stole some trophies so is that enough who knows
1: no he have for armed armed robbery robbery, very specific 33 years Uh, but
0: guys dip's gonna give you all the information to tweet at us and email at us tell us what you think Marsha Clark's uh, favorite metal and or hardcore band is
1: yeah Uh, please let us know what and who did
0: you have a crush on on this show I had a crush on right. on uh, Chris Darden, as I said.
1: I think a, I mean I think a lot of people are going to agree with you on that. One. I mean,
0: listen, I have to give you props, Dip, that you admitted your crush uh, for Furman. You know, I think that's no,
1: not Furman for the guy for the guy who played, who played Furman. Furman. Yeah, but even so, uh, you would th- I, I'm just I mean, also
0: like let us not forget that you also had a crush on a very young Stephen Avery. <laughs>
1: Oh, the No, I didn't. Okay, no, 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 no. I, I like. I just, I just really just wanted to put a bullet in my head. Oh, that... it was just like when he had a ski hat on. That's true. And, like, it was just that picture. Runny. I just, I needed, I
0: needed to, I needed to uh, poke at you. I needed to poke
1: at you. I'm a horrible person. Uh, but you guys, yeah. Oh, if you haven't watched the people of OJ. Oh, I don't know why you're listening to this um podcast, but um watch, you know, through the end. I, I talked to some friends last night and they were like, "Oh, I don't like that. I watched one episode." I'm like, "No, watch through to the end, like down to the last minute. It's so good. I thought it was a great season finale." Um, oh, I had one more crush.
0: Ooh, tell us. It was
1: kind of a it was kind of a collective though, a lot of the f- dudes who played photographers were hot. There was even a man bun. I'm not into man buns anymore, FYI, but there was a man bun. I thought did people wear man buns in nineteen ninety five?
0: I mean, it's possible. There's always gonna Listeners, be do you there's think think always they gonna have- be a Bohem hipster that starts That's something. True. So you know.
1: But they they cast the cool photographers kind of well, I thought. Yeah. They did. Um, and I don't know, you guys tell us what you thought of it um, did you like David Schwimmer did you like People his shock really of white hair them. yeah and um, who was your favorite if you had a favorite I think my favorite I would say was Johnny Cochran the guy who played Johnny yeah Cochran. he
0: was a lot of fun dip give him those details of the email and the tweeting oh
1: yes so you can email us at the obsession sessions at gmail.com or tweet at us at obsession pod just at Obsession Pod. Pretty easy peasy. We hope to hear from you. Yeah, guys. Let us know anything. All right. Bye. bye. Let's swim to the moon. Uh-huh. Let's climb through the tide. Can it the evening that the city sleeps too high? Let's swim.